0: Hi, folks. Welcome to Agency Unfiltered, the HubSpot Solutions Partner Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly web series and podcast that interviews the owners, founders, and executives of agencies and services providers from around the world about whatever it takes to grow and scale. And this week, we have on Jeff Bell, president of Mindscape. Jeff joins the pod to talk about Service Hub and the innovative use cases his team has rolled out for private client portals and ticketing flows for service and team support requests. What started as a site built on WordPress with zaps for in and out of HubSpot, it was built into knowledge base and help desk where clients now have a private singular place for accessing embedded reports unique to their business, viewing recordings of the trainings Mindscape has delivered and the videos they've made custom built for them, submitting tickets to reach out to their point of contact at Mindscape and more. And so Jeff shares structurally how this was built within Service Hub, how their developers unified the UX and menu of this portal with the Mindscape website through some jQuery, how the content within is made viewable with private content, how client access is provisioned through automation, and how the ticketing system transformed the way clients engage with the Mindscape team. And so after we discuss what it looks like, we get to the value Mindscape is now seeing on the other side including time savings and efficiency gains, streamlined communications with clients and between their departments, improved visibility of client comms, active projects, and an overall emphasis on the client experience, leading to some greater retention numbers. And we wrap with how Mindscape rolled this out, how they onboarded both their teams to the new processes and means of communication with clients and how they incentivized adoption from their client base. Agency Unfiltered begins right now. Jeff Bell, welcome to Agency Unfiltered. How are we doing? Great, thanks for having me, Kevin. Doing well. Good. That's good to hear. It now uh, for folks that are tuning in today, Jeff, you and I go way back as far as HubSpot uh, goes. Uh, we were actually we first met each other uh, pre prior to my Academy days. Uh, I believe I was MindScape's channel consultant
1: at one point. In you were Yeah. way, yeah, way way long time ago. But uh, you did you did so well you uh, you exited that position. And now you're three or four positions after that. So I uh, know we always, we always enjoyed working with you. So, uh, but yeah, we go way back.
0: It. Yeah. And so uh, finding an opportunity to, to reconnect or find other places to intersect, you know, our lives, it's always awesome. So I'm glad Agency Unfiltered today uh, is one of those opportunities. So Jeff, um, I think uh, we're here today to discuss Service Hub. Uh, and maybe some some opportunities that the Mindscape team had saw, uh, and I don't want to spoil it, I'll let you tell the tale, uh, but an opportunity that you addressed and you've seen some tremendous value for both your own team, but but the clients on the other end as well. So uh, maybe the best way to tee it up uh, is uh, what was that opportunity? What did Mindscape see as it relates to HubSpot Service Hub? Uh, and I'll take it from there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, it was interesting with Service Hub, you know, that came apart or came around and we thought, uh, you know, hey, this is a neat thing for clients, right? That was our first thought. But we never really had, once we offboarded clients, we never really had a great place for them to submit tickets and, and do that type of stuff. So I, I started thinking, hey, that'd be great to introduce for the agency as well. But I wanted it to be more than just tickets, right? I wanted some documentation to be available there. Um, Not all of our clients are on HubSpot, so I wanted some place for clients to go to get reports, um, you know, maybe do some some chat. So um, as Service Hub was rolling out, uh, we bid off on it um, and purchased it for our agency portal uh, prior to there being a customer portal component of Service Hub, right? There was basically just a ticketing pipeline and, and knowledge base
0: sure In yeah, the early days yeah. um
1: yeah yeah, so that was that was the early days and for project management, we use um tool, probably many agencies out there use teamwork um which works great, but <laughs> our clients i don't know if other maybe it's just our agency but other uh, our clients just it was kind of just like another thing for them, right, so they Teamwork sends emails and whatnot. And so a lot of their interaction with our project management tool was was just through emails. Um, and so we had kind of this portal, of this project management piece. We had kind of these reports. Many of them were in Looker Studio, especially for clients not on HubSpot. So we had that. We had kind of some video clips that, you know, if we had to train clients on how to do something, those were out there. And it was just sort of really Chaotic, right? As far as that customer experience went for our clients. And so I was really hoping that we could use Service Hub. uh, And again, this is before the customer portal to kind of be the backbone of some ticketing experience, some customer portal experience. Uh, We ended up building uh, using Service Hub as. Kind of the the foundation, but we built on top of it uh, a, a WordPress custom site, and I kind of wired things in through a series of zaps and stuff. So a client would submit a ticket in in the WordPress site, and that would create a ticket over in HubSpot, and we could move it around, and that would update the the corresponding end in WordPress, and that worked okay, um, but it. Didn't really take off. It was a little clunky, you know. <laughs> I uh, I kind of built it myself because I didn't want to bother our de- developers. Yeah, and a little duct tape-esque, I, you know. Yeah, exactly. It was very duct taped together. Um, so I, I kind of showed a little bit to um, uh, our our cam at the time, Peter. And he was like, oh, you know, that that's pretty cool that you're using Service Hub. But there's like this WordPress front end. and But he's like, did you know that we're coming out with this customer portal and I, my gosh, I had no idea. This sounds awesome. Can you ungate that? So yeah. I think he I think he ended up ungating uh, an, an early release for me and uh, so that's where my re- wheels really started to go is how can I now simplify this tech stack, right? That's a lot of what we do for our clients also is how can we simplify the tech stack so that there's not all these band-aided duct-taped pieces together. And I really course. saw that opportunity for us for our own clients and how can we put this just on one piece of technology instead of having these zaps and this WordPress site and HubSpot and you know Looker Studio and all of these other pieces in there. Um so anyway that was kind of the real opportunity is is when the customer portal component of Service Hub was put in, that's really where uh we were able to take a lot of that WordPress customized work and put that directly on the service hub um so that ended up being really really nice and kind of the vision that i had was i just wanted this one-stop shop right a client can log into one place issue tickets manage tickets do some chat view reports view any training view any videos read some knowledge base articles search for those articles right so um so all of that uh, ended up coming to, to fruition. And I'm sure we'll talk more about how, kind of how we got there and some road bumps along the way, but, but that was really the opportunity, right? Is how can we improve that customer experience for our own clients? Um, it, doing business with us, right. And that involved uh, several components like reviewing reports and knowledge base articles and training and issuing tickets and, and that type of stuff.
0: You know, I love it. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I I don't. We don't get into a, a ton of use cases on on this show, but I always love hearing how partners um, think about the various hubs within HubSpot and how they can actually use them and leverage them for their own agencies or for their own teams. And so, a really interesting example as it relates to service hub. But, I mean, from my read, and let me know if this is a fair reflection. You know, from the client experience side, yeah, proliferation of tools and places in which they to go to connect and engage with your team. It sounds like, well, you know, we have our project management tool and there's some collaborative spaces there. You know, obviously we're finding reports in Looker, Looker Studio. You know, maybe we'll send you clips or looms or videos to help guide you through some point and click. Uh, a lot of different places, right? And, and to your point, you, hey, how can we build a one-stop shop, right? The singular home for all of that. Uh, one login or one URL bookmark and the client can do all of the above. So I uh, love that. Um, Uh, And honestly, it it reminds me a little bit, you know, coming out of inbound last year and and into 2023, but the value in a connected platform, the value of building connection, it sounds like this fits the bill there really well. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So maybe, Jeff, uh, what does that now look like and how does it operate? You mentioned knowledge-based articles and everything there too. Uh, Is there a different experience for customers on the, the gated side of this customer portal versus what? you know non customers prospects other just general businesses see give me a lay of the land uh, uh, you know production wise what does it look like
1: yeah so our our public facing um, this portal is just for for customers so um we don't have any public facing version of this whatsoever um, we do not allow our clients to request access to the portal uh, so that has to be initiated on on our side um but I I was really um, impressed by how easy the service hub was to set up from a security standpoint and how uh, that really allowed us to do some of the stuff that we had kind of put a bunch of customization around on the WordPress side. Uh, We've got a a franchise uh, client who, you know, obviously there's the franchise owners, but then corporate sometimes needs to also see those same reports. Right. And um, and sometimes there's a, an owner who owns multiple franchises, yeah, sure. uh, franchise locations. So what we ended up doing is we just have uh, in HubSpot on our contact uh, profile, we've got a just a, a yes, no box there for uh, can access client portal. Right. And then that feeds into a list that's used to grant access to the portal. Uh, and then HubSpot fires off the notification to the portal for, here's your access or go create your password, you know? Yeah. Um, Super cool. So that kind of gets them, yeah, that kind of gets them into the portal. Um, but then what, what we found is, you know, with using private content, we're really leveraging that not only for knowledge base articles, uh, but what we ended up doing is creating a whole knowledge base category for reports. And in those reports, then we will have static lists of anybody who can view that report. And we just embed the Looker Studio, uh, you know, report right in that knowledge base article. And now that's available just to those people in that list. So we, you know, when they log into the portal, their experience could look completely different based on what categories they can see, what knowledge base articles they have access to. Uh, You know, when our team does training, those videos and in that documentation, uh, that gets put right in the knowledge base article as well. We can lock that down if it's just you know exclusive to a client, or we can open it up to basically anybody on the platform. So, uh, the the way that the lists are used inside of HubSpot and, and how that interfaces with the uh, with the service hub is uh, is pretty slick with with how we've been able to use this pretty elegant that, solution. That's really so, neat.
0: Yeah. So it's private content. I mean, really <clears throat> powered primarily by lists, right? And list memberships going to drive what sort of content you're able to see or what you have access to within the portal. And it's not even just like a a blanket, you know, permission set for anybody at client A, but you can actually have a more granular look at it based on the degree of information or the depth of information they should have access to. And right? I love that.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now you mentioned uh, there was, you know, the WordPress uh, power front end, you obviously, you embed some Looker Studio reporting into this. Uh, maybe your de- maybe the development team would have a different answer to the question. Um, but uh, what did the process look like to spin up? Was it a laborious process? Did it take it a long time? Is it at the place now where account teams can self-serve what they need for their clients? Or is it continued development, uh, you know, involvement as well? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was actually... <clears throat> pretty straightforward um you know when i got in there it was a little bit i should say it was a little bit complicated only because of the point in time we were at with service hub development right like i said we started out there was no customer portal so as i was going we ungated that uh, then what i realized and this is still kind of a, a a thing in the service hub that i wish could be changed somehow but once i got all of the pieces together you know and that's Pretty straightforward, really. You customize your look and feel, same as most of the pieces in HubSpot, right? Choose your colors, choose your logos, choose your background, um, and we weren't looking for anything crazy, right? It was more utilitarian. Was like, give us, give us something that is somewhat on brand, right? With function our function over fashion, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, that was pretty easy to set up uh, to get going, and but what I what I realized as I was in there, and I'm just kind of learning as I'm going, right? I'm it, I'm flipping switches, I'm plugging stuff in, and I'm going over and looking at it. And what I realized is is that the knowledge base had a completely different navigation bar from the ticketing portal, and that this customer portal piece was really intended, was really kind of the name of the ticketing side of things, Right. And I was like, gosh, that is not what I was hoping for. I wanted to, and I know in each side, you could put a link to your ticketing side and a link to your knowledge base side. But I just wanted that one-stop shop, right? In my head, I was just like, I don't want these two different experiences. So after we got everything mostly built out where, I can figure out how to filter these knowledge base articles and I can figure out how to, Get customers in, and I can figure out how to do reports and these knowledge base articles with private content. And I'm like, man, we're so so close here. And um, so I actually went to our developer and I said, hey, is it possible? Can we just create our own custom, simple little HTML menu? And just use some jQuery, target the menu on the knowledge base in the in the portal and swap them out for this unified menu between. So he went in 10 minutes later. He was like, OK, that works. <laughs> I was like, that's it really awesome. It was
0: not easy, you know. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. It was great. Uh, I think he did it through um, either tag manager or he was able to put it in um, some little like JavaScript uh, piece on the in the portal settings. But yeah, it was great. Now once he once he flipped that over, it was a completely different experience from just from using it. Right, you had we've got a, li- a link in there for reports, which takes us just to the the knowledge base category of reports. We've got one in there for manage tickets, one for create tickets, one for view knowledge base, and it feels like you are doing everything within one unified place.
0: I can imagine so, yeah. immense value in having that like. The perce- the framing of it being a singular home, right? A unified, you yep, experience. I love that.
1: Clients must yeah, that well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we didn't have, uh, very few tickets were created uh, on the WordPress side. And uh, since, so we just launched this, I think we rolled it out um, maybe the second week of March. So we've maybe been going five weeks now. Uh, I looked this morning uh, and we've had over 165 support tickets created uh, in that time. Our CES score, because that's another great thing right now, because it's all wired into HubSpot, we turned on the CES score. So now as tickets come in and they get closed, uh, we're rated on those and that that's a seven. So it can't get better than that. And uh, and and clients are finally starting to use those knowledge base articles, right? They're finally leveraging all of this documentation that we're putting together. It's not a great deal yet, but uh, you know, depends how you see that. Whether it's side A or side B of the same coin, right? Sometimes you can say, "Well, they're not looking at it," and the other time you can say, "Well, that's because they don't have to," right? (laughs) (laughs) No news uh, is good news on that front, right? But still, exactly. Yep. So we're seeing activity in the knowledge base articles. Um, so all of that's uh, great news uh, as far as I'm concerned.
0: No, that's great. And I think uh, you teed up a few places that I'm hoping to to dig into first the client experience of it uh, and like the client sentiment behind it. I know you teed it up with tracking uh, the sentiment there. Um, I might put a pin in it for a second. You mentioned 165 tickets. So, so it's the, the pipeline starting to pick up. I can imagine if not framed appropriately, uh, or, you know, depending on the client, it could be a slippery slope, right? Uh, I don't know if 165, where that lines up uh, goal-wise or like, you know, bandwidth-wise, uh, but if the floodgates were to open, right, I could see that being uh, a challenge for the team. How do you, what sort of tickets are you hoping come through this? And how do you get the, how do you subscribe your customers to best practices for when, if and when, and how to, to send tickets to your team, right?
1: Yeah, great question. So this opens up a whole other can of worms. <laughs> so uh, when we rolled this out, um, we knew there was going to be quite a bit of change internally. But one of the things that we came to understand or is what was happening is, let's say a designer uh, would reach out to the client and they say, hey, you know, can you go ahead and approve these or provide some revisions, what have you? that would often lead to the project managers are being cut out of the conversation, right? Or they were so busy, they weren't paying attention if they were copied on what was happening. And in the team member would just dutifully go about their business, right. And make the revisions and all of this stuff. Well, then we get to the end of the project and we go, why in the world are we over budget? (laughs) So we realized we needed to, dial that in a bit. So we took away, uh, we, we really reduced down our teamwork permissions, and we took away the ability of our team members to create their own tasks, to schedule their own tasks, um, and we put that all in the hands of, of the project managers. And now any work that comes in, if it comes in through an SOW, it is all pre-planned out in teamwork. And our goal is to make sure that there are no additional tasks needed, right, that we've thought through all of the revisions, we've thought through all of the meetings, we've thought through all of that stuff. However, there's always going to be times where we miss something. So what we did is we actually created a a, a HubSpot form for team members to fill out um, to have the project managers create tasks for them. Um, So that all comes through the same conversations inbox. Oh, so project so managers,
0: even team, identi- uh, uh, when the team identifies the need for ticket creation, it's still funneling through the project manager uh, you know, versus yeah, giving anybody keys to that vehicle. Right.
1: Right. Yep. And that way it kind of all flows through the same process, right? Project managers can evaluate the request, whether it's from a team member or from a client, they can uh, judge Should we do this? Should we bill for it? Should we not bill for it? Can we check the budget first? So all of that control now sits in the project manager's lap and they can decide then, should I create a ticket for this? If it's from a client, should I, you know, do I need to get a task and teamwork? Um, One of the things we did to kind of facilitate that uh, team member piece is uh, I went back to Zapier again. (laughs) I could probably do this through OpsHub, but I did it through Zapier. Um, We just created a couple custom fields on our tickets. Uh, One is for a teamwork task ID. So task IDs are basically unique uh, based on the project. So all they need to do is if they're going to go create a task for somebody, uh, they just plug in some teamwork properties. So task ID, estimated hours, and due date. uh, And then that zap will fire off and go create a corresponding task In teamwork for the team, uh, there's a little reference on that task uh, of the HubSpot ticket ID. (laughs) So that when uh, that task is closed in teamwork, it actually goes and looks up the corresponding ticket in HubSpot and will close that out, which will then fire off an email to the client, let them know, hey, everything's good to go. But uh, so those two systems. The wiring is sent. But I think to your point, it's like having them
0: speak together, right, has tremendous value. Now, you mentioned too, Jeff. A couple of things uh, that were interesting, uh, I can, I mean, we'll get to it in a moment, uh, but, you know, all right, here's the anticipated uh, value for the client experience, but there's also a list of value adds for our internal teams and our processes, right? Uh, visibility, right? Of work streams where project managers maybe uh, had, you know, lost that visibility or were cut out or sidebar conversations. So now a singular home uh, improves that visibility, uh, and cross-referenceability, if you'll take that word, uh, <laughs> that, you, that works for me. You know, yeah, I, I'm I'm all about inventing language. Uh, what <laughs> you do is you're cutting down on potential scope creep, too, right? Mm-hmm. You're getting ahead of that. Uh, I can imagine role clarity, you know, task ownership uh, clarity. Anything else that you're seeing
1: uh, as as truly benefiting the team as uh, after rolling this out? Well, uh, you know, the other thing that we did since. Um, so we stopped giving out team member email addresses, right? And, and we've asked clients to just respond to our uh, the email address that wires into our client uh, to the conversations inbox. Yep. So that has really provided. Again, it it puts project managers in that seat firmly, right? There's no conversations that are happening outside of them that they're not aware of. They are in full control of the budget. They're in full control of the schedule. But what that has done to the staff is they can spend their time. We used to schedule about six and a half hours of billable work a day. We've found we can get about seven and a half to a full eight hours because most of that communication that they were handling back and forth with clients is now done by the project managers. So it's really freed the team up another, you know, good 15 to 20 percent just because, they're just dealing with. I'm looking at teamwork, and I'm going through my work, right? I, I don't we'll have, have to deal forth, with. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep, I don't have to look at my email because no one's emailing me, right? <laughs> I don't have to. I don't have to answer questions for a client unless it comes uh, internally. So, teamwork has really kind of become an internal communication tool for our team, uh, and that has really already, you know, I, I just said we rolled this out maybe four or five weeks ago. Already, you know, we just met with the team last Wednesday and I was like, hey, give us some feedback here. How's this stuff going? And I said, well, I seem to have a whole heck of a lot more time, you know, to to get this work done because I'm not I don't have to be living in my email, responding and all of this. So uh, so that was great to hear from from the team. So that's probably been the biggest impact on, on the most people is just freeing them up from that direct client communication.
0: Yep. Allowing them to be more
1: productive. Hey, designers,
0: their singular focus can now be the design work that's coming across their table, not the coordination, the back and forth, the ad hoc questions that come through, et cetera, et cetera. Probably for anybody, you know, that's responsible for production work of any kind. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And then the, you know, it was, it was a little bumpy at first because we were, we hadn't done a good job prior to that part of, of all of this detailed planning work. Right. So, there was kind of a pinch point when we first rolled it out where the T was asking for just a ton of tasks. <laughs> it's like, okay. And the project managers were overwhelmed. So I had to help, um, you know, really kind of get that honed in and, and help manage that transition by helping create tasks or, you know, whatever we need to do sometimes just moral support, right? Because there is just that, Kind of that transition of hey we weren't very disciplined up here, uh, we're being more disciplined back here. There's that overlap when, until we got more into that uh, that that level of discipline. But um, yeah, I mean it's I yeah, mean, I I, there's probably a whole
0: whole other forty minute conversation we could have about like, it's one thing to uh, to wire it, wire the system, to to design it how you want to operate, but then the actual training and adoption, the change management. And the, the, the support that the team needs in, in moving and changing the structures that they're probably comfortable with and have been using for a while, I can imagine that's quite the laborious task. Yeah, not a. it's like steering a cruise ship, not a speedboat, I can imagine, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. And, and the staff was used to, you know, adjusting their schedule as needed, you know, so then when they couldn't adjust schedules, then they had to go back to PMs, and the PMs would have to kind of figure out this Jenga puzzle, right? Um, in trying to fit in existing work with okay, now you had a new task because we didn't plan for that before, and how does that fit in? And now you're over capacity. So, that was a that that's a probably a day and a half conversation, right? There. You know, right. Uh, there's a lot of meat on that bone, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let
0: me ask, I mean, maybe um, we, we can keep kind of the same sentiment about transition, uh, because I'm interested to hear about what this, uh, does for the client side, how they feel about it what's it's improved for, for them and, and your relationships with your clients. But maybe to start, uh, how did you get existing clients on board with this new process as well? So probably similar to the change management on the internal side, how'd you navigate that change with your existing uh, client base?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had, um, I-, I wish I could say that we did it uh, really smoothly, but we did not. Uh, there were so many moving pieces there, um, you know, first, having to get this thing built out, second, having to make sure we had all of our lists in place so that clients could get in there. Uh, And it was a bit of a chicken in the egg, right? I was like, do I do this and send this email out or do I do this and send that email out? So by the time, kind of the last key piece was uh, this communication policy. And essentially what that was is, um, hey, clients, Please, if you are emailing individual team members, stop doing that um, because we're only going to check email you know, at the beginning and end of the day. Uh, however, if you email this client support email address, uh, we will get to that sooner than later. And if you do a ticket, you'll hear back from us within two hours. So it was sort of a carrot in the stick message, right, where where we kind of had to help clients help themselves by deciding the urgency of that because what we discovered is we were treating email as urgent, right? Every single message was urgent and it was just chaos constantly, right? You're constantly felt like you were... Being Sounds jerked around. Familiar.
0: This is cutting. This is cutting close to home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We all do that, right? Email has somehow become the one thing that we live and die by, and and so we wanted to try to give some of that time back to the team, and and obviously we we were just talking that that has been successful, but um, but getting there, we have a, a rather large client who did not like the approach <laughs> of of uh, in, in in hindsight, they had a good point that. I wish we would have had the the team reach out personally to existing clients, but we kind of did a mass email. So bad on my part, there were so many pieces going, didn't even have my head in hey, the game.
0: That's a helpful tip. So if I'm, a t- if I'm tuning in today and you're like, man, you know, I, I should, I should be thinking about client portal. I got to spin something like this up. Hey, now that's a helpful note. Hey, you can avoid the friction that this will cause if you do direct, you know, personalized outreach. Yeah. So hell, hey. Thanks for, for yep. sharing your knee on that. That's a
1: helpful. Note. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. If you're going to do that, um, reach out to clients first. And I would have probably even walked them through or sent a quick little video about what it looks like. But um, but really, that email was the last piece where it was just kind of specifying to clients. Hey, if you need to hear back within 24 to 48 hours, go ahead and send an email uh, to your project manager. Um, If you want something within two hours, send a ticket Um, and then even to the team. If you need something from a team member immediately, use Slack. If you need something on a project same day, put a team, uh, put a message in teamwork. Right. And it was just sort of specifying to the team and to clients Based on how quickly you need a response, what channel should you use? Should I do this client support email? Should I do a ticket? Should I... You know, if I'm okay, 24 to 48 hours, I can just go ahead and email my project manager immediately. That is actually less of an issue now because our project managers are just um, starting conversations through the conversations inbox. So (laughs) clients don't even have a chance to get that email from them to to begin with. But um, it's certainly been a huge um, time saver for us. Because now all of our client communication is logged in HubSpot, and all team member communication is logged in Teamwork. So it's very clear where to go, where that message should be found. Um, it, it, so that in and of itself has been a huge help. Because before we would have sometimes the sales—if you needed like a sales conversation—you'd go to HubSpot. If you needed something on the project, you'd go to you'd go to Teamwork. Yep. No,
0: consolidated the comms channels, right? Consolidate down. And I also like there's value in mapping uh, the degree of urgency for an ask or a question to the channel that they should send it to, right? That's the kind of the decision making framework. Uh, And honestly, uh, uh, whether it was intentional or not, uh, I can imagine it's to incentivize ticket use, right? Or the portal use, uh, saying in SLA, we'll get back to you in two hours. uh, I can imagine a lot of of clients are taking you up uh, on that offer through that channel, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And that was exactly why we did that, right? It was like, well, we need a carrot here, right? Why is someone going to fill out a form as opposed to just shooting off an email? And it's like, well, we're going to get back to you within two hours. Um, so yeah, that, that's been great. And we we turned off the ability, you know, in Service Hub, you can have emails automatically create tickets. Um, we turned that off since it really was kind of a shared inbox just for emails and not even every email in that instance is going to be a ticket. Yeah, you, know, uh, are, you want to saturate
0: the tickets that come through, right? You want to have right. the publicity of, nope, these were
1: submitted through that form specifically, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, so that has been, it's really, really been, been working out well. It has consolidated, like I say, all of our team communication about projects is in one place. All of our client communication is in another place. Uh, there's a nice thin interface between those two systems. Um you know, if we need tasks created, they kind of flow into that same inbox. the The project managers are. That's kind of a stop point, right? The project managers can go, okay, hold on. I've. This is a ticket that came in, or this is a request for a task from a team member. I need to check the budget. I need to check the schedule, and I need to figure out if I need to have a conversation. Um, so, just having that inflection point there. Uh, For them to do that due diligence before going ahead and and creating that task has been, you know, made all the difference in the world as far as getting our arms around, you know, um, uh, what work is being requested. And and that's really kind of a, a side benefit is now because the team is requesting their own tasks if they weren't planned right now, we have a log in HubSpot to say why. Let me look at these tasks that are being requested. Why are they being requested? Can we come up with some idea, like, oh, it looks like these are all development tasks. Is there something in our process that we need to change? Do we need to make sure we put this in the template, right? I love that. So it's another data, it's another source of
0: data. It's another input in process optimization. Yeah, I love that.
1: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's really, really been. Uh, I, I'd recommend this to any agency really it's the the benefits have just been so quick uh and and really quite painless to implement right aside from the the large client who who gave us the opportunity to learn to do that better next time um, it's been really really smooth we had um you know I was expecting a lot more bumps along the road with people emailing team members back and forth but it was like one day and poof, it and was done, you know, we hit fast
0: than yeah. anticipated. That's great. That's a good yeah. problem. To yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What are
0: they saying about the experience
1: that, that kind of validates it structurally? Yeah. So, um, there hasn't been a lot of feedback uh, so that for me, that's like, uh, no time. news is good news, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I will say, you know, the, the large, the large, uh, client that, that we've got, um, who had an issue at first was sort of like, well, we'll wait and see. Right. And, and they have had nothing but good things to say. So uh, after we rolled it out, they went ahead and, uh, and gave us a a review at HubSpot as well. So, (laughs) so I guess that's a good thing uh, where that landed. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, if there's uh, no, no uh, immediate feedback other than just yeah, fast adoption of the structure you've built and presented to clients. And yeah, and that puts you in a good spot. Um, yeah, absolutely. If we come up on time, maybe just one quick uh, last question on, on on what you've designed here. Um, how do you anticipate this uh, showing up in uh, you know your go-to-market efforts? Is this going to be a point of differentiation that you, in our sales convos, why Mindscape? Uh, you know, where and how uh, do you see this plugging in into those types of conversations, sales, prospective, otherwise,
1: right? Yeah. I, to be honest, that's the first time I've ever even thought about that, but it, it certainly does uh, present an opportunity for us to have some, some differentiation there. Right. Especially either during a project or after our work to be able to log back in and reference that training again. Right. It doesn't just disappear um, to, to go back and view any ongoing knowledge. Right. If we've got a certain perspective on a new HubSpot feature or uh You know, WordPress, something or other, whatever it might be, uh, we can put that in there. Um, Yeah, I haven't really thought about that, but but certainly at the end uh, of an engagement, having that one place to go if you need support, if you need to re, you know, if you've got a new team member that comes in, that happens all the time, right? Where we would have to go back through and retrain a, a sales team, especially on Sales Hub. You know, they get a new salesperson and we'd have to go back and retrain. And so we'd have to go find our Google documents, and totally. pull them all back up. and But now all that's being done in, in knowledge base articles and the client can go in and kind of self-serve uh, themselves. So but I like that. So uh, you know, maybe right. we'll start using that as a point of differentiation. <laughs> this is it
0: can be where ideas happen, too. You know, that's right. Uh, And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how maybe like historically quiet, self-sufficient, dormant clients might take advantage of that to just surface a new opportunity to work closer together or something like that. So uh, I'm sure there'll be all sorts of data uh, to come through for you all to chew through. Um, But glad to hear it's going well. Uh, Exciting
1: times for sure. Yeah. So I think uh, the the next place that I would take this is um, I'd love to... uh, Implement payments on there in some way, shape, or form, so that clients could actually request work, uh, a new project right up front, and pay for it right there. So, um, don't know if we'll get there yet, but if we can have kind of small, defined things, maybe I need an email template, maybe I need a landing page, maybe I need you know kind of these smaller yeah, defined things A little
0: bit and just yeah, take the yep. payment link right in, yeah. Purchase feels it like right great, there. So yeah, feels like a great evolution or next yeah. step of it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe there's a follow-up conversation in the works uh, once that gets implemented. That's right.
1: S- support 2.0. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: Jeff, as we uh, wrap here, the final question uh, is one that we ask at the end of every episode. Uh,
1: what is the strangest part of agency life? Huh. What if, you know what the strangest part is um, for me? I am a, I'm constantly amazed at the different ways People have figured out how to make money. Uh, just finding these weird little like I met this guy who does custom orthotics and he does them for like the the Detroit Lions, you know, among other things. And businesses who, you know, just in industries you wouldn't ever think of like cleaning private airplanes and you know all, all these different industries that you just don't even think about and so I, I don't know if it's the strangest but it's the most fascinating part of agency life for me yeah. just, strange
0: strange and fascinating i think are close yeah. enough for synonyms that I, we'll, we'll take that as an answer yeah i mean yeah. there's yeah there's some abstract or incredibly niche business models out there and you're like wow yeah that generates revenue for those guys you know it's, pretty, <laughs> it's uh, you know they do it's well it's fascinating
1: huh? yeah it's fascinating to me but uh but it, yeah, that's probably that's probably the strangest, most fascinating part of agency life for me. You
0: know, I wish I was uh, I wish I was at the point in my life where I would have to seek out the company that does private cleaning for private jets or something. The one you referenced there. Like, you know, yeah, a you good, and me both.
1: Good line of business <laughs> to be in. Uh, yeah, you and me both.
0: But anyways, Jeff, uh, as we as we wrap here uh, again, always appreciate uh, finding ways to, to chit chat with you and hear how Mindstapes doing. Uh, obviously, super uh, exciting things going on for uh, service hub usage, uh, self-serve customer portals, kind of s- synthesizing comms or consolidating down through this ticketing system uh, and helping you know operationalize that internally. Sounds like a ton of benefits to be had in doing so. Uh, so super insightful. It's uh,
1: It's been great to learn more. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Always great to chat. So uh, looking forward to to the next time. Yes, absolutely. And uh, for those that
0: have tuned in today, this has been another episode of Agency Unfiltered.